Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And I'm Jason Edwards. And this week on the show, we're getting meta. We're talking about a podcast on the podcast. It's going to be real fun. Yeah, that's right. That's what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm really excited to actually do a podcast on the podcast because I feel like podcasts were a thing that you kind of got me pretty deep into near the beginning of our friendship. And a lot of the podcasts that we got into together or you got me into are not really podcasts that we listen to anymore because, you know, people <laughs> tame, change and times change and, you know, we, we move on and we are still friends. So, you know, friends don't have to listen to the same podcasts. Yeah, the world is changing out there, people. You and if you're, if you're not changing your podcasts with it, then you're not paying attention. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um... And uh, I think it's fun to like see what we're listening to, to now in in our our thirty first year. Um. <laughs> that, that, sorry, you're right. That makes it sound like our podcast has been around <laughs> for thirty one years. <laughs> oh, if only we had been, you know, uh, such early adopters of the medium, <laughs> we would in not way, be. In a, in a way, this podcast is really an expression of our relationship, right? <laughs> It so is. in that sense, in the in the in the you know, in, in the Taylor Swift Invisible Thread sense, uh, we have been making this podcast for thirty one years. years. Yeah, love that. Yeah, love that. All that I was I was going. Th- I don't remember any of the verses from that that fucking song, but I was going through all this shit, and all the while, Kelsey, there was an invisible podcast, an invisible podcast, leading me you to know. you. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is that invisible podcast. <laughs> Um, so I'm really excited to talk about this because it is a podcast that I really like. Um, it's called the Off Menu Podcast. It is hosted by James A. Caster and Ed Gamble, who are two British comedians, which if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that I'm, I really like British comedy. I like British stand-up comedians, watch a lot of panel shows. Um, we did Big Fat Quiz of the Year on this for one of our holiday specials, um, And these two comedians are often on those kind of shows, and that's where I've discovered them. I've seen James Acaster do stand-up here in New York, um, which was really fun. And I just, I I started listening to that, to the podcast, because I know them and I like their material and such. But I kept listening to it because I think it's just a really good, like, topic for a podcast. Um, Because it's called the Off Menu Podcast and it is a food podcast where the two of them bring on a guest every week and they ask that guest their favorite um, starter, main, side, um, drink, and dessert. Uh, And I just, I think it's, you know, it is better because the two of them host it, but like the format is really just really, really solid and it is basically like, you know, an in-depth interview podcast, but the, the, the questions are all based around food. And I think that it's such a good um, way to get to know a person. Food is like just such a, a visceral like thing that we all have like weird opinions about and it takes us back to places. Um, the reason I chose to do this now is because I was driving home from, well, driving from New York to my mother's house in Kentucky. And I made a whole playlist of all these, um, all these podcasts and, and songs and stuff. And I had, picked the uh, Michael McKean episode of this podcast and um, sometimes when I listen to things or watch things I like them and I think about doing them on on this show on this podcast 
Um, but then I'm like, oh, no, I don't know if Jason would really vibe with that. Um, it might be, you know, and he he like lets me off from doing things that he knows I won't vibe with. So like I like to have that same consideration occasionally. <laughs> um, and uh, I was listening to the Michael McKean episode and I was like, oh, no, Jason needs to listen to this immediately because it is so good. Um he just, you know, they're going through the meals and all of these these meals that he's picking bring bring you back to this like very specific time and place. And he's got a story about a random guy who worked in a deli in New York in the 60s. Um, and that was just like, oh, no, Jason will love this. And I love this. And it was like everything I like about this format was that there's this so much narrative and story and character when you're talking about food with people. Um, and you can get to know them in a way that it doesn't feel like, um, like rote or, you know, um, formulaic, <laughs> even though it, it is a formula, they do it every, every episode. Um, but I just, I think food and how people feel about food re- reveals so much about people and is so interesting to me. So I really love the format of this podcast and I wanted to share it with you. Um, so firstly, what did you, like, did you enjoy it, you know? Hands down. I know I know you like basically like it's good. I don't have that much to say, but I just I want to ask you some some questions. Well, well, longtime listeners of this show will also know that I have uh, been waging a lifetime war against the, the British people and the culture they, they put out. Not all of it, uh, not all of it. But one thing that really clicked for me when listening to this podcast is that my my issue is, is that so much of at least contemporary British output, right, is based on charm. And nothing else. It's a country that has devoted itself primarily to exporting charm as its like, primary entertainment-based export. And uh, that's a problem uh, for someone like me who considers being British to be a, well, let's say a, a strike against somebody, right? It's, it's, it's a thing to be overcome. And oftentimes people do overcome it, and that's very brave, and we should celebrate that. But a lot of the time, it's just, you know, uh, British people... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have our issues, let's say. We, we have our, our, our issues. Um, but what that means is that things like this, which are dependent entirely upon the charm of the hosts, live or die by that charm, or rather by how charming you find the hosts. And I am happy to say, Kelsey, that uh, I agree with everything you've said thus far, and I do like these two fellows, or at least I think <laughs> they're funny performers. Uh, and, and, so, and, and thus, I find the show to be good. I think it's a good show with a good format, uh, it really does uh, also live or die on the guests, though. Yeah, like that's you, very you true. and I sort of worked together to find the episodes that would be right for me. Mm-hmm. I'll just run through real quick the episodes I listened to were the Michael McKean episode you just mentioned, which was indeed fantastic because Michael McKean is a just an, an outstandingly like charming and fun guy to hear talk. He has a, like like literally he has a great voice, a beautiful yeah. voice that sort of flows over you. Yeah, and he just and you know. A, he... uh, he sounds like he's doing a monologue every time he talks in that episode. Yeah. Like it sounds, it sounds rehearsed, but it's not. <laughs> and he has the, the such a deep background of improv training, mm-hmm. and obviously has you know a history of doing comedy work, particularly with director Christopher Guest, and uh, you know in, in such movies as This Is Spinal Tap, just to, just to name one, just to just name to a name single one. one, just one. <laughs> um, I listened to an episode with the Irish comedian. Aisling B? Ashling. Ashling? No, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> I listened to an episode with Paul F. Tompkins, American podcast extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we did a listener's choice where I picked out one at, uh, by myself, and that was the one with Corey Taylor, lead singer of uh, Slipknot and the band Stone Sour, and um, solo artist in his own right. And then you, I also, I picked, you had a subcategory of, of, of people who are like related to the food industry who did yeah. episodes. And I picked Grace Dent, who is a columnist for The Guardian, I, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. She's the, yeah. she's the food critic. Yeah. Yeah. Which I should, I should have gone with someone else, but <laughs> none of the other names appealed to me. The one you kind of like were nudging me towards was someone from Bake Off. And like, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, and so I picked Grace Dent, and I, I have to confess, I did not finish that episode because I found her so off-puttingly, like, uh, unappealing to listen to. Mm-hmm. Which is like, you know, again, if we're talking about checks against people, being a, a columnist for The Guardian is one of those things where it doesn't mean you're necessarily a bad person. But it is like, you know, that that's one strike out of three towards <laughs> being a bad person. Like the, the, the British media, the British news media is, if anything, more diseased than America, which is really saying something. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Grace Grace Dent, you know, based on the 15 minutes of her talking I've heard, is a symptom of that disease. Yeah, I, I'd like them to do another food critic. I'd really like Giles Corn to come on the show because um, I like him and I think he's funny um and has like a lot more charm than her (laughs) um um uh i think that's also it's the second episode of the show is the other thing i think it like they haven't quite found their footing with like guests that they're not like really close friends with yet um uh to to sort of expand on that to for the listener i i wanted to Jason to listen to five episodes and one of them was going to be the Michael McKean episode because it's so good and even if you listen to one episode of this podcast please listen to that one it's so good um and then I divided the next three into sort of categories and picked like four and said pick one of these four um one of them was just hanging out with friends because a lot of you know the the British comedy scene in the comedy scene in Britain is so incestuous and they all fucking know each other and they're all friends um so I picked like four that were just like people they're friends with people they work with a lot and they like have you know a good rapport with already which is I think a different vibe than people who they don't know um like a food related people uh because there's a few people and I think I think that's an interesting look at um because the because the the podcast is about the subject matter it is I feel like it's important to have people that like that is their their life is is talking about food um the I don't really like Marcus Samuelson but he has this description of cooking uh some dish I don't even remember in (laughs) in his episode that's just like (sighs) Yes. <laughs> like you just want to eat it right there. Um, and then I did a whole Americans one, which um, they've had a fair number of Americans down. They came, they came to uh, New York and LA, I think at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020 um, and did like a recorded, like a put a bunch in the bag basically yeah. um, with a bunch of those people. Um, and then uh, Jason picked Corey Taylor, which I had all recently listened to, which was um, a really good episode too. But yeah, so I, I think you're right. Like it does kind of live and die with the, with the, um, the guests in some way. And there's only been a few episodes where I've been like, Oh, I don't, I don't know about this, but that was kind of one of them, (laughs) but it'd been so long since I listened to it that I like kind of forgot, but I re-listened to it for this and I was like, Oh yeah, she's kind of annoying. (laughs) Well, 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 I'll, I'll take this lesson to heart then, you know, and everyone out there, listen, kids, the guardian, just say no, just say no, just Just say say no no. to the guardian. Yeah. Um, but 
I think that recently, um, one of their like more retrospective, like either their Christmas episode this year or um, like the 2019 one, uh, like comp. Um, compilation was the james was like yeah we thought we were gonna do like 10 episodes with some of our fr- some of our friends and that was gonna be it and now it's like this thing and it's huge and everyone's coming on it and um it is really great and it just like it just makes me feel good to listen to and i like hearing these stories about everything um, it's a so great just- format it's a great format and it, and it gives people uh, only good things to talk about because the entire concept is you're only talking about like your favorite dishes and foodstuffs. So yeah. people are going to be uh, in a good mood and talking about positive things, which in some cases is hard to make funny. But yeah. again, strength of Ed and James, they, they do make it funny in most in, cases. In, in most, most cases. cases. There is also a lot of uh, bathroom-related talk. They do not shy away from the poop talk. I will oh, say that. Oh, the Corey that. Taylor episode is like half bathroom talk. <laughs> yeah, it's all about bathroom talk. And there's some but, that's, that are even more than that. And that like, <laughs> it gets me something. But I like that they don't like shy away from it, right? Like, yeah. you know, part of the restaurant experience. Because the whole um, thing kind of relies on you're in the dream restaurant. And Ed is always like, you know, what what does your dream restaurant look like? And uh, sometimes we're like, I'm, you know it's just my house you know and Corey taylor was like we're across the street from my house so i can go back and go to the bathroom <laughs> and i was like yeah. dude i get it <laughs> um but i you know i think i think the strength of of james and um ed is 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 really great i think they have a good rapport and uh I, I just really like listening to them. I saw James A. Castor in New York, which was really weird for me because seeing seeing British comedians in New York is, is really funny sometimes because they can be huge in Britain and like selling out like huge arenas and stuff. And then we saw James A. Castor in the basement of like something there. It was like a 50 seat thing we were like the third row he completely bombed he was doing new shit like it was a, it was a bad show but it was still really funny <laughs> like like we had a good time because we had like we knew who he was and we knew like what kind of comedian he was but a lot of the crowd I think didn't really get him <laughs> um and like you could tell he was like well this is great <laughs> I'm just gonna keep doing my thing up here <laughs> um which was like actually for me like a really fun thing to watch because I like enjoy him and his charm and whatever um and appreciated that he just like kind of rolled with it um but I've never like seen a comedian like kind of like bomb not because that he's not funny but because like the crowd is just not with him (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah I had a good time but I think I think them being um friends first of all and and um having sort of like different tastes as far as food goes is really um really uh um helpful to the the format of the show um they did uh they did like a dumb youtube series before this where uh they went to like bakeries and stuff and had um james taste uh various desserts and tell ed what who is diabetic what they tasted like because <laughs> he can't eat them it was dumb but hilarious <laughs> um what year did you see james a castor perform in new york i think it was 2018 or 2019 wasn't that the same year or very close to when he released like four hours of comedy on netflix at, in one go yeah 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's like it was this it was this yeah. tiny freaking theater in the basement of somewhere. And um he was doing like he was basically testing his material for his uh uh cold lasagna hate myself nineteen ninety-nine. Um he also has another podcast that I haven't listened to that's about music, which I I don't know if that is the thing you'd be interested in, but um I have been known to be interested in music. So. Yeah. Um I think it's like why 2016 was the best year ever for music or something. And I'm just like <laughs> I'm just like, I'm interested and I wanna know, but I don't agree with you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very uh, again, like I, I wanna I I'm, I was so resistant to the charms of James A. Caster. Yeah. Uh because because he starts off like talking in this, like I, I heard a clip of him, like I saw a clip from one of his specials recently, mm-hmm. and then he started off, you know, the first episode of the show. It's like, oh, he's a very, he's, he says things in such a funny way, he, you know, he's so he's so goofy and, you know, and likable. But part of my brain is always like, is he really, or is he just <laughs> British? <laughs> like, is he actually funny? Does he actually have a funny intonation? Does he have a funny approach to words and to language and to comedy? Or do all of his words just have a hidden W in them somewhere that you have to find? <laughs> some of them are obvious. Some of them actually come out. But every word he speaks, he has one of those like British, uh, those, those very like you know likable British like, like speech impediments, where yeah. every word has has at least one W in it. Uh-huh. I think like uh, for me, because there are British comedians who like do talk like that, who I don't find funny. I feel like it's easier to like like I have definitely. Mm-hmm encounter comedians i'm like oh this person's not funny <laughs> um it's like a little this bit is where easier. it helps to have to have an expertise or, or like an exposure even yeah. to the content yeah this is, this is why i rely on you to be my guide through the mm-hmm. the awful like horrible world of british comedy <laughs> just people it's just people sitting around making comments agree to disagree but you know <laughs> you mean like we do all the time we don't get paid for it kelsey we don't get paid for it. You're right. And again, this is this is why I, this is why I got to remind myself it's not it's a structural issue. This is a leftist podcast. It's a structural <laughs> problem in British comedy that they pay people to just sit around and kind of you know reference current events in a way that's maybe funny, maybe just a bit you know just a bit askew, mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes they'll just say things, just normal sentences, but the word cheeky is thrown in there, and that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you use the word cheeky. You know, cheeky. Um, All I'm saying is, and this is on topic. This is on topic. I told you today, someone, and I'm not trying to blow up anyone's spot here, but someone on YouTube right now is in the process of uploading every single big fat quiz of the year for the past 20 years. And I know because we watched one of them and now we get, you know, serve each new one uh, as it comes up every two hours as a suggested uh, piece of thing content to view. And I watched part of one, the episode in 2004, and we've discussed this you know, this big fat quiz program on the show before I was, you know, I enjoyed it. I was not against it, but there is nothing like seeing it 16 years removed to bring to your attention. How, what a, what a nothing like concept it really is. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a quiz show where the answers don't matter. Uh, well, you know, that, that's what they always said about, about uh, whose line is it anyway, right? It's a game show where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Mm-hmm. But the thing is we had one of those in America Every show, every comedy show in Britain is just people answering questions and they can be funny or not funny. Sometimes you just answer normally, you know, whatever. Sometimes you do just a full on joke answer. Sometimes you just take the question and use that as a prompt to spin your own little bit of, you know, a bit of whimsy, a bit of, uh, you know, island whimsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, 
Yeah. These are my feelings about British comedy. So that's again, again, I say this only for context to say that I really quite enjoy this podcast. <laughs> um, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it despite your reservations about British comedy. Well, you're uh, welcome. Um, so in the, you know, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. I really enjoy it. I it's one of, you know, I I think sometimes, you know, comedians who are good at one thing don't always translate to another thing but because there is that you know structural support of like sitting around making jokes based on a topic um this the the british comedian structure translates really well to the podcast arena um and i think they just they just managed to land it really well i think they both have other podcasts um both about music i think i think like Ed's like really into like metal. Um <laughs> Yes, definitely. You yeah, yeah. That that's another thing I found very, very likable about the the Corey Taylor episode is that yeah. Ed is a huge metal fan and like has a story that he tells Corey Taylor about accosting Corey Taylor outside of a, a <laughs> Slipknot show in like yeah. the year two thousand. Which is funny to think about if you've seen Ed Gamble. <laughs> it's funny to think about any British man enjoying metal music. Yeah. Ed Gamble looks like he went to Eaton though. He looks like super yeah. posh and like <laughs> it's it's uh it's it's really funny. And just like the amount that um I like that episode because like, the amount that James Daisy Castier doesn't know about Corey Taylor is equally funny. <laughs> I, I guess I, I, sh- I should correct myself that there is a major, major contingent of British uh, heavy metal bands. Yeah. Um, there's even like the new wave of British heavy metal was one of the like foundational pieces of what metal sort of became in the 80s and, and 90s. So, so, you know, I shouldn't be so surprised. But yeah, no, again, like a very sort of like, you know, proper posh gentleman like Ed Gamble enjoying metal music the the thrashing especially slipknot which to me have i talked about this on the show before that i, I was so. as, a, as a preteen and like a young teenager i was scared of slipknot like they <laughs> freaked me out and i wasn't you know i didn't grow up like uh in, in, a, in a hardcore religious household or anything like that i didn't think it was demonic or no one was telling me it was like evil or anything i just saw them in their masks and i heard what their music sounded like and you know when i when i was like 10 or 11 i'd heard maybe four or five bands in my whole life so I didn't know a lot of different music at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it, if it didn't sound like Bruce Springsteen, it was like an alien language to me. And they were so <laughs> aggressive and frightening. But now I hear like them, tell, like like Corey tells a story on that episode of the podcast about how Clown, one of the members of the, of the band, used to shit on himself before uh, shows and like on occasion would rub it all over uh, uh, Corey's face, which... You know, again, I didn't even know that as a kid. And if I'd known that was going on behind <laughs> You would have been scared. Ooh, I would have been even more scared. I was already scared, Kelsey. Their my their masks are they have spikes on them. Yeah. I mean, Scary it's so weird though, because Corey Taylor, this is my I don't listen to Slipknot. My exposure to Corey Taylor is uh is uh this and he was on an, another British podcast <laughs> that's just like it's like a um it's the people who write QI. They just talk about shit and it's funny. Um, and he was on there as a guest and I'm like, this is like the dorkiest thing. And you're in <laughs> Slipknot? Okay. <laughs> Wait, QI is a panel show, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a podcast for the people who write the show where people sit around and talk about nothing to sit around and talk about nothing. <laughs> yeah. They, they all come in with like a, cause the whole thing is like QI is about like facts and stuff. They all come in with like a weird fact and then they sort of like mm. discuss it and bring other facts to the table based on it. Yeah. 
You know, I, I shouldn't be so hard on the British people. That that's that's a country in like rapid decline. They are like completely like like just heading in, straight into the abyss every day. So I should really have a little bit more sympathy because we're going there too. Um, so I'm glad you like this podcast. I think it's really interesting. I think it like I I hope that you like at least if they have someone you like are interested in on it, will continue to listen to it. Um, mm-hmm. because I really like it and um. In the spirit of this podcast and us being on a podcast, um, I think instead of pitch time, we should do off menu. Oh, yeah. First things first. Play me that off menu segment theme song music. First things first, though, Jason. (laughs) Yes. Are you a starter boy? Or do you are you into puddings? Do you have that sweet tooth? Um. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Is this on the show? Did they do yeah. that on the show? Yeah, well, no. Like, so Ed notoriously loves starters, loves loves the savory, loves the salt. So uh, a, a starter in English would be an appetizer. An appetizer, yes. I think we still call them starters sometimes here. <laughs> no, no, they're apps and they're zerts, okay? Apps and zerts. We'll go with apps and zerts on our American version. Are you <laughs> an apps you. person or a zerts person? I'm an apps person. He's an apps person. I I I am a Zerts person. You know I'm a Zerts person. I got that sweet tooth. That's true. You do. You do get that sweet tooth. So we are well positioned to do this. Sarah says, why not both? Sarah will be playing the part of the great Benito <laughs> from afar. I will be playing the part of James A. Caster. <laughs> I, I will also be playing the part of James A. Caster. Yeah. Um, Just a couple of A-casters. A couple of A-casters. So uh, first things first, Jason, still or sparkling water? Are you still or sparkling water person? I'm going to go with sparkling. You're going to go with sparkling. Why? I don't don't usually get sparkling because Mm -hmm. it is more expensive. Uh, Or at least I believe it is, right? Usually, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Now you see how rarely I get it. But now... (laughs) Uh, and because this is going to be very influenced by the fact that you and I have not gone out to eat at a restaurant in a long time. So, so long, so long. Uh, but, but now I think about like, like someone asking me if I want still or sparkling and the idea that I can turn to someone and say sparkling and they'll bring out a big fancy bottle of water that they're going to uncork and pour into my glass. Sounds heavenly. I would love a glass of sparkling right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I am, I am a still water girl. I like, I like a still water. I like. I like ice cold, as cold as possible. <laughs> right. I agree with that. It should be cold. should be cold. Some people like room temperature water. I'm not going to judge again, them. I hate all room temperature life, beverages. <laughs> in my normal life, I know that room temperature water, for some sciencey reason, is better for you. But at, at a restaurant, at a restaurant, it. Kelsey, I want my I want the condensation to be so yeah. thick on that glass. I want it to fall out of my hand. Exactly. I want I want I want to pick up my glass, have it slip through <laughs> my fingers, and fly into the air. Of course, that is what you want. Um, <laughs> I will. You know, if they want to get fancy with it, just throw a couple cucumbers in there. I'm into that. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Anything else you like in your water? No, I think just the cucumbers and the ice. Papa Dom's au bread. <laughs> Papadoms. Papadoms. <laughs> Papadoms. It feels somehow racist. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, the question is Papadoms or 
bread. Bread. Yes. I guess the, that'd be the American way of saying it, right? Pompadoms or bread. Or bread. Well, the American way would be say, of saying it would be chips and salsa or bread. True, true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we don't really preparing... have... We have papadoms here. You can get papadoms at an Indian restaurant. But I think the proliferation of Indian restaurants is a lot uh, heavier per capita in um, Britain. I think they have a much larger percentage-wide South Asian community. Um, whereas, like, I think there are probably more Mexican restaurants where you would be offered chips and salsa or chips and guacamole in, in, that, in that part of your course. Yeah. Um. My answer to this is bread, though, because I love bread. <laughs> oh, bread. Bread, 100%. Yeah. I want it warm. I want my grandma's sourdough, sweet with butter. Oh, so fucking good. Potato sourdough. Love it. Love it. That's all I want. I can eat a whole loaf of that. I shouldn't, but I can. But it's my dream restaurant, and I'm going to assume I don't get full or feel icky. <laughs> <It's magic laughs> yeah, I, I think in the dream restaurant, you have some some wiggle room in terms of fullness, but I think you should still... Because in your dream restaurant, you could potentially stay there for hours and hours. Exactly, yes. I, I am still imagining, though, that we are to some degree um, bound by the limits of physicality. Though I guess we're not. We can say whatever we want. Fuck yeah. it. Uh, my answer is also... Uh, bread mm -hmm. I, I i want and again i'm probably thinking about this because one of the last places sarah and i went we went out to eat uh with with, with my parents was a italian restaurant mm. and they and they had one of these things and a lot of italian restaurants have this sort of thing right where they bring up the, the the little basket of bread yeah and there's multiple kinds of bread yeah there's like a white bread there's like a bread with seeds on it there's like a rye there's like a pumpernickel and there's those little sticks Mm -hmm. you know, little breadsticks. Mm -hmm. uh, I would, I would right now, I would just go fucking crazy on one of those baskets of bread that has different kinds of bread in it. I would just, I'm talking butter, <laughs> olive oil, if you got it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm ruining my whole meal on that shit. Yeah. I love yeah. bread. Love to ruin my meal on bread. Love that. <laughs> love that. Um. Yeah. I think, I think, I think bread is where it's at. It does, it does kind of ruin the meal sometimes, but I just love it so much. Um, it's good. I, mean, I mean, come on, they put down that bread in front of you and it's like, it's not free, but it, it's basically free. It's and it's like, hey, free bread? Come on. Oh. I would also like to say that in the dream restaurant, I'm with everybody. Like I'm surrounded by people. Um, not, not strangers, just you guys. <laughs> I am surrounded by friends, but I also have like a uh, like a, like a big piece of metal that I can bring down in front of to cover my entire face if I need to eat something in a very sloppy, gross-looking way. Love that for you. Love that for you. Yes. Sometimes yes. I'm eating a thing, and I'm just like, I need to to do what I need to do about this. Like maybe I'm, I'm taking a bite, and there's a like a long piece of something that I want to split into two bites. <laughs> I can't do that with just my mouth. And, I'm, and I need to do some, some finagling in this area. And I just need to not have people look at me when I do that. Because I don't want to gross anybody out or just make myself self-conscious. Yep. Yep. Sounds right. But I need the shield. I need a metal shield. I need a metal shield for privacy of, of, uh, of messy food. Like a welder's mask. Like a welder's yeah, like, mask like, that comes out of my entire head. Love that. <laughs> um, uh, so apps. Because we're mm. using that terminology here on this podcast, because we're American apps. What are you having for apps? What do you have? I'm having. I am okay. So, little little background info here on me. Maybe you know. Maybe some of our listeners don't know this, but 
I'm married. Um, and I'm married to Sarah. And Sarah and I have been dating since we were in high school. Adorable. Which it's it's, it's very cute. It's very all American, you know. Uh, it's it's a, it's a great story. You know, a little ditty about Jack and Diane. That's us. Um, we went we so we went to senior prom together, and and this is a we went to a restaurant called the Twin City Chop House for our senior prom, and and Morgan, friend of the podcast, Morgan Stewart was there, and me and Morgan both ordered the she crab soup. Uh, this this uh, you know steakhouse. I think this is a Winston Salem steakhouse, right? The food here, I'm sure, is like not remarkable by any means. But to me, to 17 year old me and my slightly older companion Morgan across the table from me, this was like this is the most delicious soup we'd ever eat. It was, I mean, you know, it's cheap crab soup. It's creamy. It's seafood. Uh, the, in my opinion, the two best flavors in the world in one, honestly. <laughs> And, I, and I've had so much sheet crab soup since then. And because I'm older now and I've, you know, have my palate is more developed, I'll never have that same sheet crab soup experience again. But in the dream restaurant, you can leave behind the, the bounds of reality. And so I'm going to have for my app that sheet crab soup from Twin City Chop House. Exactly as you experienced it in 2007. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Mine's not that adorable. Damn it. <laughs> um, well, what is it? Tell me what yours is, and I'll, I'll tell you if it's adorable or not. Mine's not specific. I'm having calamari. Because oh. I personally think that calamari is the ultimate appetizer. <laughs> One, it's fried. Two, it's chewy. <laughs> as it a, tastes as good. A, <laughs> as a great woman once said, listen, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. So, um, having calamari, I love calamari. Um, I want like the like the tentacliest ones though. I love them. Mm-hmm. Like most people just want the rings. I want the tentacly ones. Um, I love them. But like calamari is one of the first things that was like weird that I ate. You know that I, you know yeah. it was kind of like like I felt like grown up because it was squid. <laughs> like. Also, I made it once with a squid I dissected myself. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. How was it? It was good. It, it's fried squid. It tastes, <laughs> tastes great. Um, but I love that's calamari. That's so true, though. You, you have calamari the first time if, you, if someone introduces it to you and you're like, squid? I don't know if I can eat squid. Yeah. But then you eat it and it's like, it's like a fried piece of like delicious, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a little fried piece of deliciousness. It's a fried piece of deliciousness. Nothing, and it's great. So yeah, I, I totally relate to that experience as well. And it is, um, yeah, no, if you were going to pick an ultimate starter, that would be the one. Yeah. Um, I do have to give like an, uh, as they call it on the off menu, an honorable munchin here, um, <laughs> because the, cause it just didn't really go with the rest of my meal. <laughs> um, but when Jen and I were in college, we were both studying abroad at the same time and we met up in London and we spent a week in, in London together. Um, And we went and got tea by the British Museum at this place that, um, um, that had been recommended to Jen by someone. And seriously, it was such a weird day. Um, it was like the Thursday or Friday before William and Kate got married and the vibe in the air was strange (laughs) and we were feeling weird and everything was a little weird. We had left the British Museum, you know, we were feeling pretty good. Everyone in... Britain was feeling good because like they had an Easter holiday on Monday and then they had 
the next Monday off because of the wedding. Like everyone was feeling in a good way. And we had these scones with clotted cream and jam at this tea shop that were literally like, I thought the best thing I'd ever eaten in my entire life when I when I went there like I mean I would like I would switch my my app to these scones but like they just don't like they don't feel like an appetizer to me but they kind of (laughs) were um but they were so so good (laughs) that I still dream about them sometimes (laughs) um I have a disclaimer before we go any further which is that I've had a lot of really excellent meals uh, in my life I've been lucky to have some really fantastic culinary experiences as an adult but the meals that really are always the most impactful to me are tapas style right like i love um, tapas it's a, it's a perfect solution for me because i am famously very indecisive when it comes to selecting food and tapas frees me from that prison yeah uh, i mean like i can i can i don't have to pick one thing i can pick like you know a half a dozen things i forget uh, um on the podcast a guest did that for their for their main they're just like I want right. tapas. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the thing is I would I would need to, but I would need to like comb through so many things that I, that like are, are in the past for me to figure out what my like tapas version of this menu would be. Um, and I have like little you know I have I have reasoning behind the things I have chosen. But just to say, this would look a whole lot different if I was pick, picking a tapas menu. And in that know. spirit, I do also have an alternate starter that I want to uh, get out there. Please tell me. Which is a classic Caesar salad. Ooh, yes. I love a classic Caesar salad. I've only had it once. I'm talking about like when they like bring it to your like to your table and like crack a raw egg onto it in front of you and mix that love in. That. Mine was in again downtown Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, I went to one I went to some random steakhouse once and they they had that as an option. I just started watching Mad Men. And they 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 do that on Mad Men at one point. And I was like, holy shit, you can get a a salad with a raw egg in it that sounds amazing and it was and i would do it again in a heartbeat i think it's also like it's not always about like the food that you're eating that makes it memorable Mm -hmm. like like you said with the soup right like that might not be the best crab soup ever like it's just you have that memory that's associated with it that makes it taste so good mm-hmm. <laughs> and i will yeah. admit i have a very bad memory <laughs> so like there's definitely like i if you ask me this again in like two months i will probably say something completely different because i'll remember something something different that i ate but yeah kelsey yeah what's what's your entree my entree is going to be lasagna which is weird because i don't eat lasagna very often but that is weird um i have a memory of a specific lasagna uh, when I went to Israel when I was 16. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Most lasagna stories don't begin that way. <laughs> yes. This is what I'm saying. When I went to Israel when I was 16, um, uh, we were at some sort of like pool outdoor area between like one of our two, like, because we did a homestay and then we stayed in a couple of hotels when we were there and um, we were like between places we were staying and we stopped at this like pool or whatever. And it was like, it was like a hot spring kind of thing. It might've been like right after we went to the Dead Sea. I don't really like, I can't remember the specific details of this. I just remember that like the food at this place was like a, you know, a concession stand. And we hadn't mm-hmm. had like a good meal 
in like a few days and I was like I want to eat like I want to sit down and eat a meal and I went me and Brooke was there too um my friend Brooke and I was like I want to eat something there's like other restaurants around here and I went to like we had two chaperones uh, a, an older dude and like a a woman who was probably in her late 20s um and I went to that woman I think her name was Alexandra and and I was like, can we go to the restaurant over there? And she was like, yeah, let's go. Let's do that. And I had this lasagna that was this like tomato rosemary lasagna. And I swear to God, it is the best lasagna I have ever had in my whole life. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the restaurant. I don't remember. I don't remember anything. I don't remember where we were in Israel. But that lasagna was so fucking good, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it and I don't know if it tasted good because I hadn't had like pasta in like a week <laughs> or more. I don't know. I don't, we were there for like two and a half weeks, so and we had like lots of good food on that trip, like lots of good Mediterranean food. Um, but like just that lasagna is the best lasagna I've ever eaten, and. Oh. I've never seen or re- like seen anything like it anywhere. Like the the rosemary was so tasty and so good. Ugh, it was so good. I'm guessing not a not a pork lasagna. No, it was a, it was a vegetable lasagna. Oh, okay, nice. And, yeah, yeah. I don't think it had meat in it. <laughs> it's Israel, so not a lot of stuff that has cheese has meat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of oh, oh, that's right. It's the whole. It's not just pork. It's meat and cheese. Yeah. Oh man, boy, Dave, Dave is not going to be happy with me here in this one. <laughs> but um, that that lasagna was seriously so amazing, <laughs> and I would <laughs> I want to eat it again so badly, so so badly. I, I know exactly the feeling you're describing, and I will come back to it for my dessert, which has just changed based on your story. What about you? What's your main? What's your entree? My main is another uh, little 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 anecdote from me, uh, which is that well, that's actually that's the meal for the listener is is my humorous anecdotes about my uh, is, incredibly uh, uneventful life. Your chance to learn about us. <laughs> exactly. So growing up, I had steak. My parents, my dad, made steak for us on on the regular. Uh, when I was in high school, we kind of did about once a week, and we were and we always did uh, filet mignon. Filet mignon, uh, which which is which I was led to understand was the like pinnacle of steak. You know that was the uh, you know that was kind of like the most uh, an expensive cut, and it was like a very fine, delicious uh, selection of beef. And so in my mind, steak was an expensive thing that you shouldn't bother with unless it's costing a lot. It needs to be like the the highest quality single cut of meat you can get. Um. So that, that that being said, when I went to New York for I think the first time, uh, I, I went with my parents and we went to Frankie and Johnny's Steakhouse, which I believe is, is since closed in the, like several years ago, uh, but was for a long time a like famous you know like Manhattan like Midtown steak shop. Uh, and I ordered a T-bone steak, which was the first I'd ever had. And so this is not a story about me trying a cheap meat, but the T-bone steak was a cut of steak I'd never you know ventured into before mm-hmm. uh and with this 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 fucking steak kelsey i've never had like a, a steak that hit me this hard because the thing about filet mignon is it's not a very fatty cut of meat it's in fact not fatty at all it, which means it about honestly, probably doesn't taste that good <laughs> yeah yeah that's the fucking thing kelsey is that when meat has fat in it when steak has fat in it it actually has flavor that's why the wagyu is so good right like this is why exactly wagyu is so good. exactly i mean i've never had wagyu well, but I've I've had that, that's the 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's the principle, right? Because it's, it's all marbled with the fat. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know steak could actually taste good. Uh, and so this was a mind-blowing experience for me. And now I don't really eat steak anymore or like red meat at all, generally speaking. It's like the, the, the past times I've tried to have steak, even like a T-bone steak again, I haven't enjoyed it that much. So that's kind of just, I'm not into that these days. Uh, but for the longest time, the thing that kept me, the thing that still kind of keeps me going back to try steak every once, every year or so, is the memory of this one T-bone steak being so incredibly good and satisfying. Amazing. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's it. Well, once again, I'm going back in time, not just to pluck an item out of the, you know, out of the world to take back with myself to the dream restaurant. I'm taking the whole experience with me yeah. or like the whole, you know, the way I experienced the flavor that I, that I can't really recapture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what it's about, right? That's what it's about. That's what it's all about. So sides, sides. Kelsey sides. Okay. So this one is hard for me, right? Because I feel like a lot of times sides are inconsequential to me. Um, I don't really think about them a lot because, you know, you have like your standard sides. You have like fries. You have like asparagus if you're having something else like that. You have, you know, I don't I don't find sides memorable, you know. Um, yeah. and, and they're often beyond your control. Yeah. Often, often just you come with the, the entree you want and the side is kind of like, well, that's there. But you're not picking it for the side usually. I think the best way to do sides is really to do a second app kind of situation. Um, okay. Even though I already technically did a second app, but wasn't really, <laughs> but, you know, this is where I was going. Um, right. And I waffled for a while about this because I love chicken liver pate. It is one of my favorite things. Um, mm. I love a little chicken liver pate, a little thin cracker, slice of bread um, with some fig jam, preferably. That is like, I love that. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So tasty. However, I already had all that bread <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted that specific bread and it does not go with chicken liver. So um, right. uh, we, we have to move on from, from the chicken liver, unfortunately, but that is, that is one of my favorite things and it, it's not, I can't find it enough places and I should probably just learn to make it myself because I would eat that shit for a snack all the time. Um, but for my side, I'm going to have flash fried Brussels sprouts with some Parmesan cheese, garlic. So they're all like flaky and crispy and crunchy and probably not good for you anymore, but taste amazing. I had these um, two or three years ago with my mom in New Orleans. Um, we went to New Orleans on Christmas Eve to watch UK play basketball, <laughs> um, and we had them uh, a Christmas Eve morning at a restaurant there. I don't remember it, but they were so good and so tasty, and I, you know, we all, I thought we all grew up hating Brussels sprouts. Maybe there are some people who don't, did find out recently that Brussels sprouts changed, apparently. Yeah, that's it. They changed, right? They used to actually not be as good. They used to not taste as good, and now they're good, and they're everywhere, and these Brussels sprouts made me feel some kind of way about Brussels sprouts. And now I eat Brussels sprouts. Um, <laughs> so I just have to, you know, credit them with like changing my mind about a whole food. <laughs> and it's even tough because because they, they did change Brussels sprouts, right? And that probably did impact it. But we, I mean, I think I can speak for both of us here that we come from a, uh, a, a culinary tradition that is not uh, big on flavor. Yeah. Um, we, 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 you know, we come from hill people, right? Hill people, Which is yeah. like, you know, I, I assume whatever you could like drag out of the woods and, 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 and char uh, yeah. enough to be edible. 
I mean, uh, and there's flavor. There's just the, the flavors are not, you know, exotic. <laughs> they are. No, they, they are. They are. And, <laughs> and and garlic occasionally and and some herbs if you get really creative but you know the 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 cuisine itself is not what you would call like particularly spicy oh i mean if you got if you had like a grandparent who would allow you to salt your food you're already doing better than than people i know oh wow yeah gaga gaga like let us put salt and shit <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of people um in in, in my family and I you know in, in Sarah's family too. Uh, there's a history of like a lack of salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just like lack of spiciness; it's a lack of flavor. You um, need salt. So, anyways, like like what I'm saying is like we they, we probably did have like parents and and older relatives and and people we knew that had Brussels sprouts that were legitimately quite bad. Yeah. Um, so it's confusing, but the, yeah, they did change Brussels sprouts. So shout out to whoever did that. Yeah. They changed Brussels sprouts and these Brussels sprouts at this specific place in New Orleans changed me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that is what I will be having in lieu of my chicken liver pate. You? Okay. I'm actually going to, I'm going to pull out a little bit of a, a little bit of, you know, uh, I've gone pretty, a little bit basic so far. I'm going to pull out a little bit of like, you know, the world traveler side of Jason, the, the, you know, the experienced uh, uh, consummate diner and, and, and tourist. Love it. Uh, and, and talk about when Sarah and I went to Montreal a couple of years ago and we dined at the restaurant, the heart of Montreal. And we had a tasting menu. And this is, this is the sort of thing I'm, I'm talking about. That's hard for me to, to pick from because yeah, a tasting menu, a really good tasting menu. It truly is like the sensation of having that many, like really well-crafted flavors, uh, you know, having experience encountering so many of them back to back to back like that does have an intoxicating effect on you. And so I remember like a few things from this, this meal, but a lot of it's kind of blurry. And part of that is because we, I mean, we probably were also actually drunk on spirits and, and, and vino, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, it's an overwhelming like sensation uh, ex- experience. You know, it's a sensation of sensation. The sensation of sensation. Wow. So that has to say my side is going to be one of the items on this that I remember most favorably, which is, the bacon wrapped asparagus. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> food, food, so good that it made my wife cry. <laughs> I love you. Food that can make you cry, man. That's that's what it's about. I mean, you, come on. That this is like this is it was it was so fucking good. Okay. <laughs> like you can you can just imagine like that the highest elevation of because like you know smoked meats of some any sort wrapped around something is not a unique thing, no. but this was in my experience anyway the highest form. Of elevation you can bring that format to and it was just so so good yeah i'm into that i'm into that and if i can't get that you know bit bit of mash bit of mash love bit mash, of mash bit, of, bit of chips mashed potatoes you know, are nip, like nip, in my nip on, nip on out for a bit of cheeky nandos <laughs> mashed potatoes are in my personal opinion the consummate side they are the side that if given the choice between that and other sides, I will almost always choose mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. Um, well, mashed potatoes there are the, the the floor is very high. Like the the worst mashed potatoes are are, are you know you can know you know what to expect from mashed potatoes, right? Yeah. And they're usually okay, yeah. but they can be very good. They can be very good. They're usually the is very high as well. So yeah. you can have some really transformative mashed potatoes if you if you try. Love a transformative mashed potato. <laughs> <laughs> Love a bit of mash. Yeah, love a bit of mash. Um, okay, drinks. 
you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be, you know, simple in this one mm-hmm. and say I'm probably going to want, with this massive meal we're, we're concocting, uh, a martini, a vodka martini probably. I want like a clean flavor, like something that the, the sharp will cut through the, the, the layers of flavor I'm just like, you know, stuffing my face with. Yeah. Um, aside from that, you know, I like an old fashioned if I'm eating like a nice meal, honestly. Mm-hmm. I want a cocktail of some sort. Probably, yeah. right? I actually really struggled with this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a nice meal, right? You want a cocktail. You want a cocktail, yeah. and I think. Um, I also love a, uh, an old fashioned, but an old fashioned is very much my like. Um, my like, uh, uh, like going out to drinks drink. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want it with food. After food, yes. Um, before food, even. But I don't really want it with food. Um, so I think I would probably end up having a gin and tonic. Um, even though, like, gin is, like, a sharp flavor. But I feel like it does cut things really well. Um, and gin tonic was also just, like, the first, like, grown-up drink that I liked. Um, if you know, like, oh, like, the other thing is, like, I might end up with the beer, Right. Mm-hmm. because it, there's just too many i i was really into beer at one time i'm still pretty into beer i think but not as much as i was at one point um and i just couldn't settle on what beer <laughs> um and that was a problem for me um <laughs> but the other thing i thought about which because like if i'm not considering like the makeup of the meal right which i kind of am but i'm kind of not um is that my favorite like fun drink to drink which you know about me is thai iced tea I love Thai iced tea. I think it tastes so good. Um, it's more of a dessert than a drink. <laughs> um, but um, I, you know, I had some really good ones when I was in Thailand. And I would think I would want to recreate that feeling of being really hot and sweaty and just having a nice cold Thai iced tea, um, you know, at the outdoor like floating market um, to just get real world traveler with it, as it were. <laughs> um but I so think that the Thai iced tea is a thing in Thailand, right? That's not some American thing that we made up. Yeah, I think they don't call it that, but <laughs> right, I guess they would. But it is. But it. Is, I can't remember if they call it that, but it is like the same thing. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. Because Thailand was the, the only time in like the past two years that I stopped drinking Diet Coke. Drinking Diet Coke while I was there. <laughs> but. Yeah. And like I, that was the other thing. Is like I had so much good food in Thailand, but I couldn't find a good way to work it into the meal. Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to do that if I'm not considering the makeup of the meal. So I think I think I will, I think I will do that, which is weird for me because there's going to be no alcohol in this meal. But um, I think I'll go with that just because like that is a drink I love. And, you know, maybe we just throw some whiskey in there for fun. (laughs) You can put alcohol on a Thai iced rum. You know, rum. Rum chata. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as as you in regards to beer in that, um, maybe not quite the same boat, but I I can relate to not being able to pick one that I would enjoy that necessarily goes with a meal. Mm -hmm. Because most of the things I go for in beer are really strong flavors, like a really intensely like obnoxiously hoppy ipa yeah. or sour mm-hmm. the sour the sour beer is my 
you know, that's my, it's the holy grail for me. If I can find a good sour beer, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go with anything else. I love a sour beer. I mean, but, actually, but I would not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a maniac. So I wouldn't have a sour beer with a meal. Yeah. Cause that's the thing, right. Is like, cause if I could choose any beer to have, right. I would have a Cascade elderberry sour, which is the best beer I've ever had in my entire life. Um, but I can't Sounds get good. it anywhere i've had it like twice <laughs> um, uh, it tastes sour it tastes beautiful it tastes a little bit earthy i'm obsessed with it i love it um anybody want to sponsor us cascade i'm here for you <laughs> cascade the beer to drink yes um do they have a motto can we can we just do some free press see if that gets us anywhere um but yeah i had i i love okay yeah i changed my mind i'm not gonna consider i'm not gonna consider what how it goes with the meal, I'm going to have a Cascade Elderberry Sour. Okay. <laughs> All right, sure. Because the, the Thai tea already didn't go with the meal, so I might as well just, you know, get some alcohol in there. I mean, I mean, if we're not considering things going with the meal, I, I probably would just have like a, uh, like, like, a, like a mid-level, you know, Mexican eatery chain uh, version of a margarita as my drink. Honestly? That feels right for you. You're not gonna have a Mountain a Mountain Dew Baja Blast. <laughs> no, that really only goes with one thing. <laughs> Although, if, if you wanted to make this, like, if I wanted to cut out all the the you know, discussion and whatever, and just like build my dream restaurant from a a prefabricated um, uh, a setup, mm-hmm. I would just have it based on um, Mi Pueblo. You know, one of or like you know one any of those uh, those those Americanized Mexican food chains you you get all across the country, but you just can't find in New York New York anywhere. Yeah. Uh, just sit me down in one of those tables and let me eat a uh, mountain of ch- free chips. Yep. And serve me the most watery but satisfying margarita I've ever had. Love that for you. Love that for and you. Let me gorge myself on uh, on fajitas and then just uh, just pass out at the booth exactly. and wake up and do it all over again. We've come to the final course, which is dessert. Zerts. Zerts. Jason, tell me about your zerts. You know, you know, I I don't know why I if I was going to find a dessert for this meal I've I've concocted. Well, first of all, if I actually ate the things I've listed so far, I would be bursting at the seams, ready to fucking die. Yeah. Assuming that's not the case, <laughs> I think I'd just like a, a bowl of really nice coffee ice cream. Mm, okay. Uh, I love I, I I don't do it very often, but the idea of like having coffee at the end of a meal really appeals to me, and I find it very satisfying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want if I'm gonna have a dessert, I want it to be a little bit sweet. Yeah. So I think that, like, if I can, and I, I don't have a particular brand I'm thinking of. I'm just imagining a very high end, very artisanal coffee ice cream that comes in like a nice little glass bowl and like three little perfect scoops. Coffee, I have, like a little tiny spoon. I go at it with. <laughs> coffee ice cream is great. I like coffee ice cream a it, lot. Oh, it's great. Yeah. What about you? What you doing? Yeah. Well, uh, you'll know that. Um... My grandmother makes a lot of really good desserts. I might have told you. Um, I love all of her desserts. I went back and forth about which of Gaga's desserts I wanted to be in this. And I decided that because she has recipes and her dessert and she is also still living, um, that it's actually pretty easy for me to get Gaga's desserts currently. And, you know, they're not they're not of my dreams because they are accessible, which is nice. Mm. Um, and I love them and I can recreate them. Um, and that's great for me. So I decided that I'm going to have a very specific slice of chocolate cake. I love chocolate cake. 
I love cake in general. Cake is my favorite form of dessert. I believe it is the, the you know, I will always choose cake over um, pie or ice cream. I don't like Ice cream is like actually one of my least favorite desserts. I don't think it's bad. It's just like not ever what I'll choose. Given the choice between ice cream and other things, I usually choose other things. Um, The main thing being cake. I love cake. (laughs) Chocolate cake, I believe, is the king of all cakes. Um, And this particular piece of chocolate cake is from the Tabernash Tavern in Colorado, in Tabernash, Colorado. Um, there is very little in Tabernash, Colorado, but there is this like Michelin starred restaurant or something. I don't actually know if it's Michelin starred, but it was so good. This, um, we drove out there one night when we were, um, out skiing, drove out to the Tabernash Tavern. I had a really good meal there, but it ended with this gigantic piece of beautiful, moist, fudgy chocolate cake. Um, it was huge. One. That's important. It's a big ass piece of cake. No fucking runty pieces of cake for me. Um, like you know, like PF Chang style big. You know, have you ever gotten chocolate cake at PF Chang's? It's a big. No, ass- but I can picture the kind of cake you're talking about. Yeah. quite quite a big slice, a big honking slice. A big honking slice, slice in which I ate like a fourth of it and had three fourths of it left for like the next two days. It was beautiful. <laughs> That's the other thing is like I always want to take food home. Like if I'm if I'm going home directly from the restaurant, I want to have leftovers. <laughs> I hate having I'm leftovers. Just you made that you made that cake last for two more days. If that was me, that whole thing would have been breakfast the next day. I mean, I don't really recall how long it lasted, but I might have actually eaten the whole thing sitting there at the thing. But you know, <laughs> now I know that I would probably at least make it last to breakfast the next day. Um, but this cake was so good and so transcendent and so beautiful, and I've never had it again. And I would like to have it again. And I don't even know if the Tabernacle Tavern is there anymore. Um, but that is what I will be having for dessert. Beautiful chocolate cake. Beautiful. Okay, do we, do so. That's 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 the review. Shall we review? We've come to the end of our meal. Go over the menu. So Kelsey, yes, you have had still water, still water, bread, your 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 grandmother's potato sourdough bread, potato sourdough. Yes, I have forgotten what it was. I thought it was fried calamari. And yes, ah, the, the, fried the perfect starter, and with all with most of the the tentacle pieces because I love the tentacle pieces. They're chewy and wonderful. And so you're following up that big bowl of calamari with an order of scones with jam. That wasn't my actual one, but, you know, if we're getting two starters, I would like those scones. Hey, what's more of a dream than a meal with two starters? Hey. And then uh, Israeli uh, lasagna. Israeli lasagna. Rosemary vegetable lasagna. It was amazing. Your drink was, I believe, a... Uh, elderberry sour mm-hmm. from Cascade. Uh, slash, maybe gin and tonic, but probably the sour. Probably the sour. You're finishing up with a big old honking slice of chocolate cake. It is correct. From, from a place that has a funny name. The Tabernash Tavern. That's right. The Tabernash Tab- Tabernacle for my, Tavern. For my side, I'm having uh, fried Brussels sprouts. Sides. Flat, flash, flash um, fried Brussels, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Oh, I almost did it. I was going to write all this down, but then I just totally spaced. Let me see if I can do you. Let me see if I can do you. Okay. I don't know if I can. You're having sparkling water because it's fancy. Mm-hmm. It's very fancy. <laughs> um, for your uh, starter, 
you're having or you're having bread, a whole um variety, a whole basket from an mm-hmm. Italian restaurant. <laughs> and then um for your starter, you're having sheet crab soup. Mm-hmm. From the past. From the past. <laughs> Morgan, preferably. <laughs> yeah, we could be there. Um, I don't remember what your second starter was. A uh, classic Caesar. Classic Caesar with the the raw egg in. With the raw, gotta have that raw egg at the table. Classic Caesar. Yes. Your main is a T-bone steak. Also from the past. Also from the past. Yes. Um, with all the fats and beauty of it. <laughs> um, side is bacon wrapped asparagus from Montreal, from the heart of Montreal. Um. Which, by the way, folks, it's still beaten. Still beaten. The heart of Montreal is still beaten. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then for your drink, you're having a vodka martini. Vodka martini? Yeah, vodka martini. Or gin, but probably vodka if I have my my druthers. You have your druthers, vodka martini. Um, And then for dessert, three scoops, three perfect round (laughs) scoops of of coffee ice cream. Yes, you nailed it. I mean, I had a lot of fun doing that in general, and I just think it's a really fun conversation to have. Um, and I think that hopefully us doing it, like obviously, and they they you know riff a little more in the show, and you know, yeah, they're a little funnier than us. It's just a little, a little. <laughs> only a little. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know, it goes. You know, they'll they'll go on tangents sometimes, and that's fun. And you know. Hopefully it gives you a little taste of like what it is, but it is, I just feel like food is such an, a specific thing to talk about and it brings you back to a place and you want, you know, you want it to be that specific dish from that specific time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really, I love listening to people talk about that. I love, I love that. Um, so hopefully you all had fun listening to us do that. Go listen to the Off Menu podcast. It's very good. You don't have to, though. They have plenty of listeners. <laughs> um, Listener, if you if you take anything with you, let it be from me. If you take anything from, from my end of this, let it be this, which is that I enjoyed this thing in spite of its very British nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I hope that is a, a, a mark of, of high quality. Special thanks to Danny Avowed of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, Outside in the Rain from their self-titled album, which you can download on Bandcamp for, for money. For money. <laughs> or free, but you should you should pay for it. You should pay for it. Um, yeah. And special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. You can find more Kelsey, and also instantly more me and more Sarah, at Musical Theater Deathmatch. Deathmatch, Deathmatch. That's not how it's stylized, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, Kelsey's podcast with Andrew—it's very good. Mm-hmm. There's a there's one episode every every month, so you know, not not a deep catalog at this point, but you know, oh, all the easier to catch up. Yeah, all the easier to catch up. You only got three to catch up on. <laughs> right. Um, you can hear more of Jason's wonderful wit, um, on the Misery Loves Company. That's the Misery Loves Company podcast um by a friend of the show morgan stewart um he and jason wrote a mini series that uh was released uh during the end of last year highly recommend highly recommend the whole show new season coming soon hopefully um yeah I think and you can find things. more you can find more of both of us right here right here don't touch that dial same time same place <laughs>
weeks, except we don't really yes. have a good schedule. So except <laughs> no, it's not going to be the same time. Uh, it has not been for basically a year. You should, if it is available to you, which it should be to all living people, but it's not. But if it is to you, go to therapy. Let's take that one more time. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. We're gonna no 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 leave this in. I want this to be our. We're gonna stake out our difference in 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 the podcast network by being the anti-voting podcast. <laughs> no, I don't want to folks, be an anti-voting podcast. Folks, don't vote. Can we just do our regular? If you, if you if don't vote, and if I hear that you're trying to vote, I'll come get you. <laughs> He'll come get you. I'll slap that ballot out of your hands. Anyway, um, <laughs> maybe maybe if you feel the need to say the sort of things I just said, you should. If it is available to you, which